There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lead with Empower podcast. We are episode three, season five. You have Mr. Ron Davis, Dan Jascott here from Empower Leadership. Excited to be here. It's been a month since our last episode. Ron, how's everything going for you so far uh, at the start of March? Hey, everything's great. Uh, trying to deal with this weather up and down. I don't know if that if it wants to be hot or cold. Either way, go trying to relax, trying to stay healthy. Um, it's been great. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we no snow December, January, February, and like March first, they decide to blast us with it. You know. <laughs> um, but hey, hey, man, we had a uh, this past weekend we had a great program um, out in Danbury, Connecticut, with Western Connecticut State University's softball program this was our fourth time working with coach stone and her athletes our our first program with them was back in march of 2020 like right before everything shut down um right. we've had a couple engagements in between but this was our first uh first program with with the 2023 ball club as they say out at westcon um good group of athletes they're heading down to florida for their their little spring training event where they'll play it what feels like probably 17 games a day. Um, we worked with them for a few hours on Saturday in your mind. What was something that you saw that, Hey, I don't know how good they are at softball, but you know, I feel good about the outlook for the team. What were some of the qualities that you might've seen from the athletes on Saturday that give you some hope for their upcoming season? One that really stood out to me was camaraderie. Yep. Um, you could tell that this team, they liked each other. Yeah, uh, you, you could tell. You could tell that they was working on building synergy. Um, you could tell that they were uh, deeply involved and, and engaged with one another, willing and ready to help um, develop one another, both um, personally and professionally. Um, I, I saw a lot of great things that stood out far as uh, what I look at, look at, uh, or seek out in a leader or uh, leadership qualities. I saw a lot of that uh, during that program. Great, great. What was and then if you could pick maybe one highlight moment, um, you know, for you from Saturday. Was there a certain activity that stuck out to you, a certain maybe thing that was said by the athletes during one of the debriefs? Yeah, absolutely. The last, I mean, the final debrief, we discussed uh, some keep, stop, start things. That, and we're going to talk about that later on in yep. the podcast. Uh, we had one participant identify that doing the pipeline exercise or activity, uh, it was a lot of chaos. They were going back and forth doing the same actions and receiving, um, uh, obtaining the same results in regards to failure, yep. essentially failure. Um, when we were doing a debrief, it was asked, what are some of those things that we could change? And that same participant said to, um, said to the group, uh, elaborated to the group that if we would have took the time, executed our plan, make adjustments to the plan, and then execute again, you know, we would have had better results than continuously, you know, being chaotic and just doing the same thing and having the same results. Yeah, maybe more efficient results, like getting to that, hey, we did it, we're done with this exercise a little bit quicker than you know, maybe minimize a little bit of frustration probably right. too. A little right. bit of work maybe sometimes does goes a long way when it comes to trying to figure out what's broken and how you can fix it. 
Right. And, and also, too, just just seeing that whole process. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. But with this group, what I saw was a lot of conflict resolution. Yep. Individuals like I didn't have to step in. Yep. Individuals had those con- those tough conversations um, to rectify a lot of those um, those errors. Yeah, which is great. And I, two things really stuck out to me. One, um, there were, I think, five freshmen that were mm-hmm. uh, members of the softball team. And, you know, having been in the sport environment or really any environment, corporate, as a school, when you're kind of the new person or new people that are part of a group, sometimes it can be you know, overwhelmingly intimidating and you, you hesitate to maybe ruffle feathers and like, you know, step up and lead or step up and try to hold yourself and other people accountable. And that was like the total opposite with this group. Like some of the, I don't want to say stronger leaders, but some of the things that really stuck out to me were from those first year student athletes at WestCon and that, you know, Obviously, we hope they have a, a successful season this year, but um, it kind of was a, a nice little thing to see for the long-term health of the softball program there is when you have, you know, a group of five out of 20, so a quarter-year roster, first-year athletes, student-athletes, and to see them ready to carry the torch and ready to get things done, uh, it's got to be a bright spot for Coach Stone, you know, looking be- you know into this year, but also beyond this year for the, the health of the program moving forward. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I would agree with you, you know, we had the athletes vote on a a team MVP at the, at the end of the program for, for the program, uh, for the, for the team building event. And, um, it was cool to hear that one of the athletes who maybe struggles at times with negative body language and disengagement, um, was the winner of the MVP softball trophy, uh, for the event because she did the total opposite during the program. She maintained that. Um, you know, maybe not false positive outlook, but maintained a solid positive outlook and really kept engaged in the program. And, you know, so often than not, it's, you know, not some sort of extraordinary quality or superpower, as you're going to touch on in a moment that defines who somebody is as a leader. A lot of times it's just, Hey, does this person have the wherewithal to do those little things, to do those little things and and staying engaged and staying positive and not letting negative body language get in the way of your success is definitely one of those little things where if it happens once you you recover from it pretty easily, but if it's a consistent issue, it definitely is a a major roadblock to success. Totally agree. And, And one of those things that stood out and we talked about it, um, each and every day is a new opportunity for you yep. to get better. Yep. Yep. And that's what we saw. Uh, that, that's what uh, the participant demonstrated was that ability to sit there and grow. Yep. Uh, take those, take those, those uh, bumps and bruises. Look at those obstacles. Not looking at an obstacle that's uh, one that's going to defeat them, defeat her, uh, but one of those obstacles that's going to propel her to get better. Yep. Yep. Love it. Love it. So um, it, it was a great, great time together. Uh, absolutely worth the hour long drive out to Danbury. Um, to, to team build with those athletes. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, hope it's a safe trip down to Florida and that you have great successes down there. And for our listeners, we're going to be doing something brand new um, with Empower Leadership this year. We're actually going to be doing some formal check-ins with both uh, the coaching staff from Westcon Softball and some of the student athletes over the course of the season. And really the goal is to track from a three and a half, four hour team building event to track those takeaways that the athletes identified and to see how they translate onto the diamond. And, you know, neither one of us are experts at collegiate softball. Um, You know, that's not why we were brought in uh, for the program. 
Um, but being able to handle conflict, being able to fight those demons of negative body language and frustration, uh, being able to hold yourself and others accountable were a couple of the big highlights that the athletes brought up at the end of the program. Really excited as we kind of stay in touch with them and we have them on as guests on the podcast. Super excited to see how that stuff translates to their success on the field. So stay tuned, listeners. Moving forward, we will have extra special episodes of the lead with empower podcast to follow up with coach Heather stone and the Westcon softball athletes. So, um, but Ron, we're going to make our first little segue right here. A couple weeks ago, you wrote a phenomenal blog article, right? right. Uh, <laughs> Leaders for hire superheroes need not apply. Right, and, right, right. You know, we're getting into this conversation and, you know, we talk about sometimes leadership can be blown into this, project that's like overbearing and like feels like you're holding up the entire planet when in reality it's doing those little things right because those little things add up to big successes i'm very interested now that you've had a chance to digest and the blog's been out there it's been on our website leadwithempower.com you know going going through the process of writing that and now kind of reflecting on it share with our listeners maybe a few key points that really stick out to you um, that could be beneficial for aspiring leaders, you know, whether it's students or or professionals or athletes. All right, before before I get into that, <laughs> I, I, we got we we got to identify who who our superheroes are. Um, <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll throw that back in your court. Like who yours? I mean, I, I, you give me yours, and then I give you my who my superhero was. My favorite superhero. I mean, I'm I I don't know if this even qualifies, but I'm going Luke Skywalker, Star oh, Wars. Okay. All right, you know. He went from a whiny, whiny guy not wanting to manage his family's uh, space age farm to uh, taking down the evil empire and uh, kind of had something in him that he didn't know he had. And it took a lot of other people to help him unlock that um, okay. power and that power to do good and that power to resist the urge to go to the the evil side, the dark side. Um, so as someone born in 1980, who uh, has original VHSs of the Star Wars original trilogy? That's uh, I'm going with Luke Skywalker hands down. <laughs> what about <Okay>. you? <laughs> um, it's funny, you know. I always talk about this old Southern boy. Uh, we <laughs> always, uh, you know, add a little flavor to words. <laughs> it's crazy because I always thought his name was Lionel, like Lionel, like Lionel Richie's, but but his name is Lion O. Lion O. Of the Thundercats. Why well, know and, of the Thundercats? Uh, <laughs> one one thing I when I when I looked at leadership, that's what when I looked, I'm sorry, when I looked at cartoons, I always looked for that leadership position, that individual that was in a position of leadership. Which there Not always is, right? There's always right, is in a right, cartoon, right. yeah. But Lionel, even though he was a hero, um, he was one of those first individuals that I saw that brought his team to a table and had a conversation on how they plan on strategizing to, to defeat the enemy. And I thought that was pretty cool. Even though he had these superpowers, he never neglected the fact that somebody was faster than him, someone was stronger than him, and how to take those individuals and properly place them at friction points uh, to see uh, to achieve success. Nice. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's why I thought Lionel. I, I, I was a He-Man. I mean, I was a He-Man. Oh, uh, yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I thought Papa Smurf was pretty cool because he had a whole village. Uh, a little wisdom, but, uh, a lot of wisdom. Papa Smurf had a lot of wisdom in that great <laughs> right, beard. Right. So. <laughs> but, but then it, it's crazy because, because when you uh, from North, uh, the port of North Carolina that I'm from, and I just got to you know throw that chime in there. I just learned from being in Connecticut that North Carolina is too. It's North Carolina, not a combined North Carolina. But either way, <laughs> go. Uh, I, I learned that uh, 
there's opportunity for leadership or you see uh, opportunities for leadership um, demonstrated in cartoons or what have you. I mean, it's pretty cool because um, nowadays when I look at it, I really can't see cartoons nowadays and, and identify anybody that I will, you know, want to be a leader or see leadership qualities in maybe because I just don't look at cartoons like that. Yep. Well, yeah, and, and for those uh, of our younger listeners, get on the Google machine and you can find out about Luke Skywalker and Lion, Lion, Lion O uh, <laughs> to, to get a greater scope of what Ron and I are talking about if you're if you're very confused right now. Going back to the blog, though, right? So right. title of the article is Leaders for Hire, Superheroes Need Not Apply. Right. The, so talk like, a little bit about the concept first, yeah. Right, so when you're talking about um, leadership and, and- you know, multiple individuals going to conversations. Are leaders made? Are they born? Are they born leaders? Are is this something that you study? How do you become a, a, a leader? How do you how do you be a become an effective and efficient leader? What do you what do you need to do? What do you need to read? How do you become uh, successful as a leader? Well, you always see that in great leaders, and, and they can give you this roadmap of their success and what they um, all the adversity they had to go through to develop their leadership. But you don't see that in a superhero. Mm-hmm. You don't see a superhero. This person coming down from the sky, um, you know, pulling all uh, pulling all this feedback and guidance from other individuals. They just go and fly away and save this whole city. Race, beat speed and bullets. But that's not what a leadership. That's not what a leader is. Not as we see it. Uh, and and when you think about um, being in those tough situations, who can you count on? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, nobody's going to fly down or. or, or or to send down and, and provide you guidance. So when we talk about real world heroes, uh, we're not talking about those superheroes. We're talking about individuals that you can see day to day through interaction, um, whether it's negative or positive, that it aids in your development of leadership. And, and that's what we talk, to, talk about in regards to, um, we're looking for leaders, not superheroes. Now, with that being said, um, the, 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 the superhero that you see Nowadays, I mean, that you see on a regular basis doesn't come with a cape. Yep. And, and nor does he have the superpower. Is there any leaders that you know of then that 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 you looked at growing up that you what that you aspired to be that wasn't a superhero? Yeah, I mean, I, I and it, it's it's probably going to sound cliched, but my my right. my father is a guy that I I look to. He uh, was a coach, a teacher, an athletic director. Was in in a school setting uh, as a a leader and mentor for students and younger faculty and staff and coaches from like 1975 until I want to say 2018 or 19. Um, and a couple things stick out. One, um, he, he treated people and, and we grew in growing up in Middletown, pretty, pretty diverse. Um, he treated everybody we crossed paths with regardless of, what skin color, how tall, how short, how athletic, how smart, how not intelligent, um, how funny or not funny, treated everybody with the same level of respect he thought anybody should be treated with. And, um, you know, so that was always one thing that stuck out to me in particular. He um, he was always the guy that looked out for the people that needed someone to look out for them. So um, there was, uh, you know, a, a student that, at Xavier High School, who was in, you know, nonverbal, was in a motorized wheelchair, couldn't walk around on his own, couldn't move around on his own. Um, you know, there were a group of athletes that, you know, took care of this student. And 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 my father was was always there to, you know, make sure the kid was able to get into any sport games that he wanted to go and view as a spectator. Um, 
you know, and then, and then being a, a PE teacher, in addition to an athletic director and coach, like not necessarily focusing on the, the students who could throw and catch and run with, with, you know, relative comfort and ease, but those kids that always, a lot of times get cast aside in a traditional PE class are the kids that maybe struggle to throw and to run and to catch. And, you know, he, he always enjoyed working with those, those students because he didn't, he, he never felt like someone should be excluded. And, um, you know, that, that, and, and then the other reason he, he would never shy away from picking up a broom and sweeping the gym, cleaning underneath the bleachers. So those were a couple of things that stuck out to my father worked, worked his butt off and no task was too menial or too small for him. And then was always looking out for those people that could use a little support. And, and that to me is a huge, huge quality of, of, and I, you know, it's something I try to emulate on a daily basis. What about you? What about for you, Ron? Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things that we talked about, talked with uh, with the uh, West Kind softball team was um, eye servants. Yep. And I, again, I gave them some of that Southern swag and they were like, <laughs> what is the eye servant? I said, those individuals that do the things uh, great when the person's, uh, they're trying to serve and appease the person that's looking at them. Yep. Uh, as soon as that person turns their back, that person that's in authority or leadership position, as soon as that person turns their back, they are doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I told them, I said, there's no such thing as an eye servant. Get away from being an eye servant. Get away from just doing it because somebody's looking at you. Um, but also, too, we talked about developing your teammates. Um, we don't want one person to just be good at third base. We want multiple individuals to be uh, good at third base uh, or outfield. How can you um, – I know you're trying to get better, but how, how are you trying to develop your team members? Yeah. Uh, again, that's one of the traits that we just talked about as well. Uh, when we talk about uh, – developing that team you know you're going to have some um adversities um and that's where we get away from the whole whole superhero type thing a superhero you know is going to it's guaranteed success yes we're we're winning um but you know as a leader you know that's not as a true leader uh in the world that we live in that's not always the case you're going to have adversity and that's going to build your team if you Uh, have to oh sorry sorry. go ahead Uh, so in regards to that like I bounced that off you. How do you simplify leadership? Like, I mean, is it a right, right way, wrong way? How are you developing your, um, your leadership style? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's difficult because, and and we, we've said this in other, in other uh, podcast episodes, I think leadership is super complex, mainly because it's a people business. It's, there's an element of internal in leadership, right? You have to do what you're supposed to do and hold yourself accountable to, you know, whatever, or try your best at least. But, um, you know, when you're really what most people think of as the definition of leadership, it's person A organizing and providing direction to person B or or, or a group of people. And, you know, so there, you know, everybody is different. Everybody has different personalities, unique personalities, uh, different strengths, different weaknesses. And then you factor in not only all of those variables, but like we all know is sometimes you wake up and you're, you're just not having, you're, you know, you're not on a good, good track for a great day. And so now you're battling, how do I make it? Maybe it's not going to be a great day. How do I make it an average day? So then you factor in, not only is everybody different, but everybody's kind of cycle uh, as far as what's going on in their lives is very different. So leadership can be, you know, in my mind, super complex, more complex than like some of your most complex, like math equations, because there, there's so many variables that you can't necessarily pinpoint in every scenario, every situation that you find yourself in a leader. So, you know, in my mind, I, and I'm a simple man who enjoys simple things. <laughs> so let's take this complex concept of leadership. And, you know, one of the ways I try to simplify it is, Hey, if I can 
over the course of 24 hours or however many hours I'm awake in a given day, if I can try to do three things, right? And, and, and thing number one is I want to do something that's going to help me become a little bit better at something. So if you're learning an instrument, you know, pick up the instrument once a day and push yourself to try to maybe do a different drill that you haven't tried, something a little bit more complex. Try to play a song that is a little bit above your your current pay grade, knowing that it's probably not going to sound great, but I can make progress towards doing something a little bit better. Um, so do something every day, little or big, that helps you advance your skill set in something. That's that's the first simple thing or first item. The second item is well. As you, as we both touched on, leadership is not just about I and me; it's about we. Um, so the second concept to simplify leadership: well, if we're doing something, you know, once a day to help ourselves, do something once a day to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it could be, um, hey, let me show you how to do this. It could be, Ron, how's it going? And then a passing conversation, or it could be, you know what, Ron and I are, are we get along great. But I, this is a moment where I got to provide Ron with some tough, te- uh, some tough feedback. And if I care about Ron as a as a friend, as a teammate, as a uh, someone that you know you work alongside of, that discomfort of the uncomfortable feedback conversation is worth it in the long haul. Because if I do it with tact and with respect, it's going to make Ron better at whatever Ron's trying to get better at. Um, and then the third thing, so we have do something to better yourself do something to better the people around you or a person around you. And then lastly, um, do something that betters the community that you're in. And mm-hmm. and this was a topic that came, uh, came up, uh, recently worked with Xavier High School's entire ninth grade class. And I have about 20, 25 seniors who assist in the facilitation of this program with the ninth graders. And 25 out of like 150 seniors, these kids signed up to kind of further their skills, signed up to give something back to the Xavier High School community. And that was something I said to the to the ninth graders is you're going to spend four years taking, 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 being, you know, learning from a great group of teachers, learning from a great group of coaches or, you know, um, leaders of your performing arts club or whatever it might be. Um, it's only right that if you're taking so much that you can give a little bit back. And you know, when you when you talk about how do we make leadership something that's less about superpower and, you know, not as complex as some trigonometry or, or, or advanced calculus equation, three things. Do something that makes you better. Do something that makes the people around you better. Do something that makes the community that you're in better. And we're not perfect, right? There's times when we miss the mark, but at least if you're putting those efforts forward, you're gonna you're going to have a positive impact on you and your community over the long haul. Right, I I, I totally agree with. I, I mean, yeah. I, I totally agree. Uh, as you know, I'm one of those individuals that first thing I think is team before myself. I, I mm-hmm. try to put my I try to put others um, in front of me. I understand that the world that we live in, um, you know, we cut away the fat. Those individuals yep. that, that can't get it done or those individuals that are struggling, uh, we tend to just do away with them and invest a lot of time in those individuals that are that are making up, making us or making our company successful. Uh, but again, just bleeding over to some of those things that I think that I look into or look for in leadership is um, compassion and being unselfish. And I, I know that you talked about it in regards to how much time that your father gave. I mean, I think coaching is one of the most unselfish jobs you could yep. have. You would like to elaborate on that? Um, 
your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, unless you're at the college level where you're making, you know, how many, however many figures. But yeah, I think I think those people that are in youth coaching or or, or high school coaching, um, the 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 pay is typically not something that allows you to retire at fifty, and mm-hmm. um, you know, especially at the youth level, you know, winning is important, but that you know, it's really a lot, you know. What, how am I developing these athletes? And, um, you know, just like anything else, you're, you're dealing with all those variables because it's a people business. And then you factor in the heat of competition, which adds another layer of complexity to leadership. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure you can speak to it is, is there's things I know for me as, you know, 42 year old who is long since retired from playing competitive sport. There's things that are part of my daily routine now that were learned through competitive sport. Um, You know, I know you wrestled in high school and uh, before, you know, joining the the Marine Corps, I'm sure there's things that are from your experience as a high school wrestler, uh, a successful high school wrestler that were part of getting you through those tough moments, you know, in the Marines and are probably part of getting you through any tough moments that you're facing right now. Right. Uh, Just like any kind of competitive sport or any kind of team sport, that leads into the military in regards to how can I better my team? Yep. Uh, how can I uplift those individuals? Again, I can be the best at whatever I do. And if I'm hoarding knowledge and information and not passing that on to anybody else, I'm just being selfish. I'm yep. not being a team player. Again, so in wrestling, you know, I may not need to work on a, uh, a shot or um, stopping any uh, opponents from taking you down, but my teammates did. Yep. And working with them only made me better. Again, still sharp and still. I think that's what, uh, when we talk about our relationship and in regards to how we facilitate others, how can we make each other better? How, how can we build upon our previous success or failure? Yep. And, and how can we become better from it? So, And that's something, um, you know, to kind of make the transition here, that's something we see in a lot of uh, middle school, high school, college uh, students and, and even student athletes or, or other student leaders. Um, the idea of, they, you know, Coach Stone talked about it, like trust the process. When you're part of a team with a, a, a very experienced coach who has a lot of success under her belt, um, there there's a reasoning behind everything you're being asked to do, from being in uniform for for, for practice to showing up on time and prepared for practice. Um, and you know, for those aspiring to lead, uh, it doesn't always require you to reinvent the wheel. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're part of a, a, a group, a team, an organization where there's people there that are really looking out for your best interest individually and whatever type of team you're on, corporate, sport, school, um, there's moments when, you know what, you say this, we have two eyes and two ears and only one mouth. You know, we're <laughs> talk about a fifth of the time that you listen and you hear. Um, right. And it's OK to to be a learner and it's OK to say, oh, I never thought of it that way. Let's try it out. Um you know, that that's one thing that really stuck out to me from the event. And I think, again, when you when you look at, um, you know, I'm going to try to do something every day to make myself the people around me in the community I'm in better. Sometimes you're going to fall short. And if because we're, we're imperfect, we're not superheroes. Right. We don't have, um, you know, immunity to fault. You know, we have we're 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 faultful beings and we're going to mess up. Hopefully it's like 49 percent mess ups, 51 percent do the right thing at least. So you you can tip the scale in that way, but um, being open to people that have maybe traveled a similar journey to you is always uh, a skill that I I, I see is very valuable in learning how to lead. 
Um, you know, the other thing, and this is something we try to promote in our programs, uh, in how do we complete this, you know, this, this task or that task, but also I think applies to leadership is you heard Ron talk about it earlier, the keep, stop, start method. And, um, you know, knowing that we're not going to make, uh, every decision perfectly, knowing that we're not superheroes and we have faults and we have moments when we fall short and fail, um, the keep, stop, start is a simple method that allows you to evaluate what happened, why it happened, and what you're going to do about it. Um, what is, what's the good that you want to keep doing? What stopped you from achieving maximum success? And what are you going to start doing to fix that stop? Um, and that is, in my opinion, one of the most useful tools uh, a, a leader can implement on a daily basis. I did this. I fell short. This is what I want to keep doing. This is this is the roadblock I'm going to have to avoid the stop, and this is what I'm going to start doing to avoid that roadblock. T totally agree. Totally. I mean, so for for me, I mean, every time we do a debrief and every time we're talking to participants, we always, whether it's at the beginning of the event, I mean, me briefing it to them, explaining to them that what that is. But at the end of the day, it's all about. How can we better ourselves? What can we continue doing? Uh, what can we stop doing? And what can we start doing? So yep. often we hear, and then you hear it all the time, uh, what's something we can keep doing? Or what's something that we can do better? Communicate. Well, what do you mean by communicate? Yep. Uh, what, are we talking about yelling louder? Or what, I mean, what are we talking about in regards to what can we keep doing to uh, for the betterment of the team? And uh, again, uh, communication is one thing, but effective and efficient communication is another. Um, something that we can stop doing. Um, we hear a lot of individuals um, are unsure because uh, it goes right back to what we discussed before. You don't know what to stop doing when individuals are afraid to tell you yep. um, that what, you, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing right. Yep. Uh, and, and, I, and I know we talked about it. I know you discussed that pre uh, previously. And that was good. We, I mean, we saw that with the college, the softball athletes on Saturday. It was, it, you know, someone came out right and said, like, when we stopped yelling over each other, we actually heard the right answer and we got to the finish line. But again, a lot of times there, there's so much focus on social capital that people forget that part of being a great friend, part of being a great teammate is having the hard conversation, even though it might be uncomfortable knowing that, you know, uh, 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 maybe one day of discomfort in a social dynamic um, that has benefits over the course of the long haul pays off. And if it's, if it's a true friend, <laughs> they're going to be with you and they're going to appreciate being coached hard. You know, they're going to be, right. they're going to appreciate receiving constructive feedback when it, when it merits, uh, when it's merited, because they know you're looking out for their best interest to help them try to become the best version of themselves. Yeah. And, and, and when you look at friendship too, I, I really want to discuss that because we always talk about what a friend does and what a friend doesn't do. But I will say this right here for my friend. Uh, if, if my friend hears somebody, you know, backbiting or saying something bad about me, I would rather them come to me and address how we can fix it, yep. not about what an individual may have said. Having another side uh, conversation, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, don't defend me. Don't. It is what it is. But guess what? Every day, uh, every day is a new opportunity for me to give them something better to talk about. Hey, did you see how Ron, you know, uh, moved forward on this, or how he decided and how he assisted in this? Let's talk about the good things that I'm doing, vice or bad. And every day, I seek those opportunities. Yep. Yep. No, that's great. And, um, you know, again, Ron, Ron's bringing a unique perspective that um, we haven't had in, on the Empower team is, you know, being in the Marine Corps as both the enlisted and as an officer for 25 years. 
um, it's a it's a different perspective. And um, you shared a quote with me earlier today about um, or not a, not a quote, but a, an excerpt from a book. Um, right. And and I love the fact it, it, it focuses on Ernie Davis, this expert. And, you know, I think another thing that we see in a lot of our groups is and you need to be the loudest superhero. I need to be the loudest right. to be a leader. No, you don't. <laughs> so, hey, share share that share that little passage right over there uh, to, as we get close to the close the closing of the episode here. <laughs> Absolutely, but let me throw this in here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to slow down. <laughs> I am five seven. I, I don't care if I'm standing on a you know stack of books or whatever. I I am five seven. So again, so when I come into the room, I may have the loud voice, but I, I may have don't have the appearance far as uh, command presence. Yeah, the, uh, the required command presence. But again, uh, I'll challenge all the uh, all the viewers to look up who Ernie Davis is. I'm not going to go into his biography. I challenge you to learn. But I will tell you this: he was the first uh, African American um, Heisman Trophy winner. Mm -hmm. So that may stimulate you to sit there and say, "Let me invest my time in uh, seeing who this gentleman was." But what I will say this right here from an excerpt uh, from a book uh, titled "The Express," uh, talking about Ernie Davis. One of his coaches said, "Ernie Davis was a quiet leader, not the rah rah guy, but the leader who does it by example." He was very humble, extremely popular with his peers and respected by the faculty. The coach recalled a time prior to prior to an important game where um, he gave a, a hoorah speech and everybody was all motivated and ran out of the tunnel. And then he looked back and the star player, Ernie Davis, is not jumping up. He's not loud, but he's assisting another um, player that wasn't one of the greater, I mean, the better players, but he was having trouble putting on his shoulder pads. And Ernie Davis looked at him. He said, you know what? He, well, he didn't tell him anything. He just started fixing his um his, his shoulder pass. And, and, and before he could even get the um the player situated, the team had ran out. Yeah. And Ernie told the player, don't worry about the team. Let's worry about you. Let's get you ready because you may be out and have to go into the game and we may need you later on. He yep. said, probably didn't. But either way, <laughs> though, Ernie Davis took that time. He missed that moment to help that other individual and he ran out of the tunnel uh, with that um that player. And I, I think that's a true tef uh, testament of unselfishness, uh, a will, uh, individual that's a team player, an individual that, you know, will sacrifice their limelight to bring up an individual uh, to better the team. Yeah, and it, it's, a, it's a huge point because, uh, again, we see it. We see the misconception of what leadership really is a lot of times being, you know, you got to be the loudest, you got to be the smartest, you got to be the best athlete. Most of the time when it comes down to it full circle, the best leader is the one that's, challenging themselves every day putting themselves out there where hey maybe maybe failure could happen but i know i'm going to push myself that. i'm going to push myself right i don't know what the result's going to be but i'm going to i'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone uh with with hopes that i'm going to get a little bit better even if i don't hit the exact mark i'm trying to hit they do the same thing with other people ernie davis could have very easily left that one backup player hanging in the locker room um but the right thing to do in the moment was to help, to offer a lending hand and to help in that moment, he made that athlete a little bit better. Um, and in the long haul, I, you know, I, I can't speak to it cause I wasn't there, but I, I would venture to say that that gesture makes the culture, makes the community that you're in a little bit better when I know Ron's looking out for me and Ron knows I'm looking out for him. Um, when a student knows other students and teachers are looking out for them, it makes it a, a safer environment to learn, a safer environment to to explore what it really means to lead. And um, again, not a superhero action, right? Just the right, right action, right? right? Not a superhero action, just the right action. 
and, and, and again, it, it didn't need uh, any kind of superpower to detect this person was having a problem. Yep. Uh, again, and that's what we talk about for us leadership. You don't have to have uh, these wonderful uh, tools, uh, these things that can't be emulated by anybody else. Uh, again, I can't, I wish I could be fast. Like Superman, I wish I could had this uh this lasso like Wonder Woman that could, I can grab and make individuals tell me the truth. Yeah. Uh, but it, it doesn't happen that way. And 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 to, and to believe that it's that simple is unrealistic. Yep. Yep. And what it comes down to, and this is something I, I shared with the ninth graders at Xavier High School uh, last week during our end of end of their first year kind of leadership retreat. I'll ask you to part of my language right here, but if we know that it's a simple action to make yourself better, make the people around you better and make the community better, what it comes down to more times than not, is there a, a, a high enough level of give a shit to do it? Right. Right. And, um, you know, so if you're wondering, if you're listening, whether, you know, a young professional or a, a student, if you care to do those three things on a basis, on, on a daily basis, if you um, are invested in, in in yourself and the people around you and your community that much, you truly care and you'll be able to do those things. And when you fall short, if it's a, a fall short with the right intentions, those are always things you can learn from and get better by. When you fall short because you're mean, you're malicious, you're trying to step on somebody else or your gain is at the expense of somebody else. Those are the things that come back around and get you with a little karma. <laughs> so the give a shit value is, is has got to be high in leadership. You, you have to care and you have to be willing to put yourselves out there for the betterment of yourself, the people around you and the community that you're in. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> hey, well, Ron, another uh, great time talking shop on the lead with empower podcast. For those of you that are listening, don't make it more complex than it needs to be. Be decent to yourself. Be decent to the people around you. Be decent to the place that you're probably taking so much from. And that stuff will come and pay it forward in fruition down the road for you. We really appreciate you checking in. Please stay tuned for our future episodes with Western Connecticut softball. And please remember, go out there, push yourself to be the best that you can be. Ron, always a pleasure, man. Great job today. Yes, sir. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.